This is Amy Bauman, and you are listening to Speaking Truth with Love. For more information about myself or For His Glory Ministry, you can head to amybauman.com. Now here is today's show. Good afternoon. Welcome to our Good Friday communion service. I'm Chaplain Amy Bauman with For His Glory Ministry, and I'm so glad that you're going to be spending the next few moments with us. This is one of those days that I can go through a whole bunch of emotions over the course of the day. Uh, Sad, thinking about what Jesus did for me on the cross. Excited about uh, why we're celebrating and that because of what he did, I have forgiveness of sins and everlasting life, Uh, reflective thinking about what he did and what he gave up and what he sacrificed, how much Jesus loves us, how much the Father loves us by sending his only son to a cross, going back and thinking about that dark day and everything that happened and everything that transpired. There's a whole roller coaster of emotions that I feel every Good Friday. Ultimately, though, I'm confident in what Jesus did, and I'm thankful for his obedient track to the cross and everything that he did to take the cup of wrath and drink that that was meant for me, that was meant for you. And so in these next few minutes, I would just encourage you to come into this time, however you're feeling, whatever you're experiencing, whatever you're going through to be able to lay that all down at the foot of the cross and take this time to reflect and remember and just worship the Lord and be thankful for everything that he has done and everything that he did on the cross to make a way for you and for me. We're gonna spend time um, in worship, being led by Nathan. We're going to have an encouraging word. We're gonna spend a little time in communion and then close in a video. But I just pray that you will use this time today to reflect and remember and embrace the gift that we have all been given, forgiveness of sins. Let's open with prayer. Father God, I thank you. I thank you that you loved us so much that you sent your one and only son to this world. I thank you for Uh, his just obedience and his way that he made to the cross, that he drank the cup of wrath that was meant for all of us, that he obediently went to the cross. He was without sin, and yet he took on the world, the sin of the world, so that we could have just this fresh start. We could have this forgiveness of sins. We could have everlasting life. And in doing all of that, Lord, he, he made the altar a table where we could all eat freely this bread of life and, and be able to spend eternity with you in heaven. So I'm so grateful for that, Lord. And I just pray each person, whether they're watching online or listening, wherever they're coming in today, however they're feeling, whatever they're carrying, 
that you will meet them exactly where they are, that they will have just this fresh revelation of, of the love that you have for them and how they can lay everything down at the foot of the cross and receive the gift that you are giving them. So I just thank you for this time, for this opportunity that we can come together as body of believers, brothers and sisters in Christ all over the world and worship you. Thank you for everything that you are going to do. Holy Spirit, I just pray for a fresh anointing that I will speak your truth in love. We love you and praise you and thank you and ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We're just going to come into a time of worship. Um, just allow the Holy Spirit to work and move in your life as we worship the Lord and are reflecting on everything that happened today. Vow, my mind he prayed, 
flesh repels against thy will I am polluted in thy sight You Lord have mercy on me still mercy on me mercy on me still mercy on me mercy on me still our defense to thee I look to thee the only Without a hope, without a friend, in deep distress to thee I cry. Speak peace to me, my sins forgive. To thou within my heart, O God, the guilt and power my sin removes, and fit me for thy best abode. Mercy on me, mercy on me still, mercy on me, mercy on me. Though we focus on the cross at this time, it's hard to not also focus on ourselves. And that it is because of our sin that God's wrath was poured out on you on the cross. We think of the words you said in the garden. Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. We thank you that your obedience, even unto death, became our salvation. Amen.
salvation is the name of which we boast. Lamb of God for sin is wounded, sacrifice to cancel guilt. None shall ever be confounded who on him When I think about the sacrifice that Jesus made today on the cross, it brings me back to altars and the sacrifices that were made um, all through the Old Testament when we look at that. But, but even when I think about my childhood and I think about what altars meant to me, what an altar meant to me, it brought me back to when I was growing up in the Nazarene church. I would sit in the church and look forward to the front of the church and there was this beautiful a wooden altar that we would have the sacraments on. There was this pristine white tablecloth that would go over top of it and hand-carved um, feet, and it was absolutely beautiful. And it represented something different to me then, uh, just this way of presenting the bread and the drink for us when we took communion on Sundays. Uh, going back and looking at the Bible and reading the Bible is where I got a better picture of what altar really was. In the scripture, there are over 400 references to altars. It's first used in Genesis 8, verses 20 and 21, when Noah built the ark. And once he got on dry land, he built an altar for the Lord. And he said, the, the Noah built an altar to the Lord and taking some of all the clean animals and clean birds, he sacrificed burnt offerings on it. The Lord smelled the pleasing aroma and said in his heart, never again will I curse the ground because of humans, even though every inclination of the human heart is evil from childhood. And never again will I destroy all living creatures as I have done. So besides being um, this altar being used upon which offerings and sacrifices are made and what we use in churches to display the sacraments, it also represents a place of consecration to the Lord. We read how Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and David and Gideon all built, built altars and worshiped the Lord. And then in Exodus 27 verses 1 through 8, the Lord gave instructions for an altar that his people should make sacrifices on for the atonement of their sin. And this is where if you're reading the Old Testament, it can get a bit tedious reading about all the, the description, all the, the rules, all the things that the Lord gave the people on how they needed to sacrifice for their sins. And we read in Leviticus about the Day of Atonement, which was one of the more important festivals that the Israelites observed on a yearly cycle. The, the high priest was commanded to make an offering of two goats. One goat was sacrificed in order to make atonement for the sins of all the people. The second goat was a symbol of those sins being removed from God's people. 
and they would send the goat out into the, the wilderness. And the Bible says that the goat will carry on itself all their sins to a remote place. God was making a way for the people to sacrifice their sins and remove their sins from them. But as you read through the Old Testament, they weren't just doing the sacrifices once a year. The Day of Atonement covered the penalty for the Israelites since each year, but they were still affected by the sense that they commit by the sins that they committed each day. And you have to remember that these people were living in community with God. So there was this constant need as they were living with God in the desert, in community with him, this constant need for sacrifice because they were human. They, they were filled with sin and they wanted to approach him to give him an offering. They wanted to approach him to worship him. So in doing that, they would constantly need to be sacrificing for their sins. And as I was reading the Old Testament, it was so hard for me to understand why the need for this constant sacrifice. And I think that's where we as humans forget God's holiness. You see, God can't be in the presence of sin. Sin cannot stand in the presence of God. So you can almost imagine this constant need for sacrifice from the people because of God's holiness and that he was right there with them, living among them. So we have this altar, right? This constant shedding of blood so that we could be close to God and so that we could be in relationship with him. And so we have this blood-stained altar now. It's, it's not just for worshiping. It's not just to be in front of the church to carry the sacraments. It's this constant flow of blood that's coming off this altar because of our sins. And we read countless stories in the Old Testament of how people didn't abide. We've, we've looked at the countless stories in the Bible over the course of this month, this constant need to be rescued, this ebb and flow of the people of God stepping away from God, following their own desires, their own flesh. And then once they get there away from God, they cry out to him because now they've made a mess and they want to return. So they cry out to God and we have this cycle of people leaving God and coming back to God and this constant need for sacrifice and bloodshed for the atonement of sin. And we read that throughout the Old Testament, right? Until we get to Malachi. Malachi 4, the last book of the Old Testament. Surely the day is coming. It will burn like a furnace. All the arrogant and every evildoer will stumble on the day that is coming, will set them on fire, says the Lord Almighty. Not a root or a branch will be left to them. But for you who revere my name, the Son of Righteousness will rise with healing in its rays. And you will go out and frolic like well-fed calves. Then you will trample on the wicked. They will be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day when I act, says the Lord Almighty. 
Remember the law of my servant Moses, the decrees and laws I have given him at Horeb for all Israel. See, I will send the prophet Elijah to you before the great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. He will turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the hearts of the children to their parents, or else I will come and strike the land with total destruction. And at the end of Malachi, there is 400 years of silence. If you're reading the Bible and you turn the page from the Old Testament to the New Testament, you can see that there is something different. There's this newness. There's this restoration. There's this beautiful imagery of something that God is doing, that, that he's making a way. And you start reading about a genealogy. Matthew brings us into this genealogy and he's very intentional about what he's saying. He's very intentional about all the people that played a part. We read that from Abraham to David, there are 14 generations. From Solomon to the Babylonian captivity, 14 generations. And from Babylonian captivity to Joseph, there are 14 generations. And we see how God has taken these broken people that we read about all through the Old Testament and how they are making the sacrifices for their sins, for the atonement of sins, and how this constant ebb and flow of them going away from God and coming back to God. We see how God has taken these broken people and orchestrated a way for Jesus to come into the world and to do a brand new thing. Mary was a virgin and she was betrothed to Joseph. And when Jesus came into the world, we read that Joseph is a carpenter. So you can imagine him raising up his son Jesus to be just like him, making tables, making chairs, selling some of them, maybe gifting them to friends. In the book of John, we read of Jesus and his very first miracle, and it takes place at a wedding. Can you picture this outdoor space, right? With table after table after table of people sitting around and eating and partaking and enjoying the wedding celebration. And Jesus is sitting among them watching. And how Jesus took six stone water jars and turned them into choice wine. What we're reading in the New Testament is different from the Old Testament. The altar ran red with the blood of the animals that were sacrificed for our sins and how people had this constant returning and atoning and sacrificing, this constant giving to God the sacrifice for their sins. And yet now we're reading about Jesus and these tables and these relationships and how we're reading story after story of Jesus traveling and healing people and meeting people and meeting around a table and sharing a meal and building relationships and teaching everyone about his father. There's this 
new imagery in the New Testament, this new feeling, this newness, that something is happening, something is changing. God is working and moving. And as Jesus gets to the end of his ministry on earth, we read in John 13, it was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go back to the Father. Having loved his own who are in the world, he loved them to the end. And in these next verses, we don't see an altar. We don't see an altar that's running red from the blood of the sacrifice. No, Jesus doesn't tell them to bring a sacrifice or two goats. He invites them to a table and washes his disciples' feet. And he commissions them in verse 14. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I have set you as an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Jesus is building this relationship with his fellow disciples, commissioning them to go out into the world and wash one another's feet. Love people, serve people. Lead people back to Jesus. And he did it at a table. And he did it serving them. And then we read in Luke 22, 14 through 22. And if you have your elements, you'll want to get them ready now. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table. And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. Before I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. And after taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the wine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, the new covenant, which is poured out for you. But the hand of him who is going to betray me is with mine on the table. The Son of Man will go as it has been decreed, but woe to that man who betrays him. You see, in the Old Testament, the altar ran red with the continuing sacrifices for the atonement of sin. Exodus and Leviticus share specific details God gave his people for the many different offerings and sacrifices that were needed because they could not be with God and have that sin. 
God designed a way for those sacrifices to happen, for the, for the lamb to leave and go off into the wilderness so that they would be separated from their sins, so that they could be in full relationship with God. And yet we see how time and time again that that was just a continual need for sacrifice, a continual need, a constant repentance, a constant sacrifice made to God. And yet in the New Testament, we read of a table and a meal that Jesus shared with his close friends the night before he died. The imagery switches from this constant need for sacrifice to one final death, from rules and regulations to relationships, from an altar to a table where we can sit in community with Jesus, receiving the gift, being in relationship with him, which then restores the relationship to the Father. And because of what he did on the cross, because of the sacrifice that he made, we are able to have this fully restored relationship with God and eat of the tree of life never again having to go through this constant rules and regulations of sacrifices. Jesus paid it all. He did it all. And in one act, it is finished. And in this today, as we look at Good Friday, as we look at everything that Jesus did on the cross for each of us, we are to never forget the sacrifice. And because of the cross, there's a table. There's a place for us to share with Jesus. There's an opportunity to be fully restored to God, to have that relationship, and to have everlasting life. Let's share in that meal together today. For I receive from the Lord that which I also deliver to you, that the Lord Jesus in the night in which he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Amen. Let's pray. So many emotions today, Father God. Looking at today, the shape of the world, the things that we are going through, looking to the cross, remembering what you did for each one of us. It's overwhelming. Sometimes this gift is hard to receive 
because it's hard for us in our humanness to comprehend what you did. All we can say is that we are grateful. All we can say is thank you, even though sometimes that word tastes awful in our mouths because we can only imagine a glimpse of what you went through, the pain that you went through, the sin that you carried on the cross, the weight of that sin, the weight of my sin, so that we could have this restored relationship with God. But we are so thankful. And I just pray today that we will remember, that, that we will be reminded of the gift. And if it's something that we haven't yet fully received, Lord, I just want to take this opportunity for anyone who has not yet received the gift for them to take it today. And so if there is anything, Lord, that is in our past, that the things that we have done, uh, sin that we have committed, we repent today in Jesus' name. We repent of that sin and we lay it all down at the foot of the cross. And we say, Lord, I believe in you. I believe that you are God's son. I believe that you died on the cross. I believe that you made a way for forgiveness of sins and everlasting life. And I invite you today into my heart to live and reign. And from this day forward, I will serve only you. I will lay aside my sinful desires and my past, and I will serve you from this day forward, believing that because you died on the cross, I do have forgiveness of sins and everlasting life. And I receive that today in Jesus' name. And from this day forward, I will live only for you. Thank you for everything that you did. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for your forgiveness. And we're confident, Lord, today as we stand here as believers that you're coming again to take us home. Help us to be ready. Help us to stay awake and alert, waiting for you. We love you and praise you and thank you. And ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to close out today with one final video, a reminder of this day, what Jesus went through, the sacrifices that he made, and that it is finished. And I want to invite you back here on, on Sunday morning, Easter morning at 10 a.m. We're going to be rejoicing in the risen Savior. We're going to be rejoicing that he's alive and, and he is uh, here and he's coming back again. And so I uh, just want to give you a special blessing. Pray that you will just spend time over this weekend thinking about the Lord, uh, worshiping Him, reflecting on everything that He's done, and come back again Sunday morning when we can celebrate again that He is risen and He is alive. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for joining us. And until Sunday, be blessed.
Thanks so much for joining me today. Stay tuned for more Tuesday teachings, Sunday sermons, and encouraging messages along the way. And until next time, be blessed.